Welcome to this Farm Advisory Service Cropcast on Sustainable Variety Choices, thinking very much in terms of integrated um, pest management and the traits in varieties that can make them more resilient in stressful seasons. So I am Fiona Burnett, um, so I'm an applied plant pathologist with Scotland's Rural College and I'm joined today by two colleagues. So Donald is one of our senior advisors, Donald Dunbar, working mainly at Borders, Lothians and East Coast. And Steve Hode is a variety expert and heads up the agronomy and physiology at SRUC. So today we're hoping to really look through the, the up and coming varieties and anything particularly of note as we come up to harvest and think of um, the variety choices we would be making next year. So welcome everybody. Donald, if I can maybe start with you then and ask how crops are looking commercially as we come up to harvest. You know, it's obviously been yet another season of extremes. So are any standing out for good or bad reasons? Yeah, it has been. Uh, uh, it's been a bit of a deja vu of, uh, of last uh, season in the sense that we had that uh, really wet winter. And then suddenly we get to March and things dried up and, and crops then came under stress. Uh, the, I think the difference for me between this year and last year was it stayed so cold through April and May and growth stages were you know, just seemed to be stuck and not moving on. We then got rain in in May. We had a, we had a dry June. It's been a bit of a seesaw. It's been dry, it's been wet, it's been cold. That has certainly affected the way crops have grown, but it, but it has had the, the positive side. I think it has kept disease levels down. So my feeling is, uh, certainly from the borders point of view, is, is crops are looking well. Growers are, are generally optimistic. But in, in terms of uh, varieties, seeing something that I'm thinking this one's standing out, looking really great, um, oh, goodness me, look at that, must get rid of that. Uh, it's uh, too early to call for me at the moment. Um, you know, I think things are looking quite quite good and we'll, we'll need to make these judgments maybe a little bit later. And Steve, is that tying up with what you're seeing in trials? Yeah, as, as Donald was saying, it's it's been an, another interesting season coming out of winter into the sort of the, the cold, uh, dry spell during spring. And certainly in trials, it meant that a lot of the crops, including obviously grape and spring barley, were looking quite quite short and uh, and backwards as we've gone towards flowering and and now towards um, grain filling. Then the crops have have caught up to a large extent. Interesting, Donald. What traits are farmers starting to think about when they're considering new varieties for next season? Do you think they're beginning to look? Beyond, you know, high yield is obviously attractive, but what are the other characteristics that are becoming important? Yeah, I think far farmers uh, are starting to look more at uh, some of the disease resistance traits. You know, when they find a variety they like, they'll stick with it. And we saw that with Robigus, with uh, Viscount, there probably still is some Viscount being grown for that reason, but uh, they, they were willing to stick with a dirty variety uh, and give it the full program in the past. And I think we're, we're seeing folk shift from that and, and they're now more interested in selecting a variety that, that uh, gives them more uh, uh, resilience built in. And certainly if you look at the, the number of varieties being grown across the borders at the moment, 
I'm not sure if there is a standout. I mean, barrel, you know, it is still quite a big variety, I would say, but there's people, um, Skyfall, uh, Jackal, Sundance uh, probably has quite an acreage as well. So, I, you know, I, I think that there's quite a spread of varieties at the moment um, and, and, and perhaps not a standout one. And, and I think that is because farmers are more willing to, if they don't like something, they'll look for a change. They're not settled on a big variety at the moment. And obviously we're coming up to the time now, Aussie drapes going to be the first of the next season crops going in the ground. And it's an important break crop for us as well. Again, there's quite a range of varieties out there. I mean, again, is it about yield or um, disease resistant in the Aussie drape crop too? Yeah, the rapes, I suppose, uh, breaks down to do you want to be growing a conventional variety and, you know, avoid the high cost of a hybrid seed? Um, there's quite a bit of uh, high uric uh, rape uh, growing, so you're then tied in on a variety. Uh, or have you got a club root problem and then, you know, that's tying you in as well. But uh, I would say from the conventional, we, you know, we've still got uh, Anastasia and Nikita, you know, being grown uh, in the borders. Uh, Acacia is, is probably the, the, the newer one. And uh, uh, of the, the hybrids, uh, Orlea seems to be the, the most common. And Steve, looking at the Aussie drapes coming up in the national list and the recommended list trials that you manage, is there any new varieties of note or any of the ones that we're more familiar with that we should be be sticking with? As Donald said, you know, we tend to hang on to varieties and sometimes there's no strong reason to change. But. Yeah, I think as Donald says, um, we've, we've got some favoured varieties and they mentioned things like Anastasia or so got things like... Um, uh, DK expansion, but I think what's interesting with um, Aussie rape at the moment is that we've got quite a lot of new varieties, either in their first or second year, in both hybrid and conventional, and and they look good for North, north region growth output, as well as having good um, oil contents. So it's quite a good time for having say two or three more uh, choices, and I would say that. Generally, most of the newer varieties are looking good for straw uh, uh, strength and and lodging resistance. Mm-hmm. So that I mean that, that that's really encouraging uh, in in what are of, often really quite high yielding crops. I think going a bit deeper, it then comes down to things such as um, any evidence for a particular variety having good say early season vigor, um, which which I think is is has been a big topic. Uh, among growers this season. So Aurelia, for example, and LG um, uh, uh, Viron, uh, both hybrids, relatively new hybrids, seem to be characterised by that early season vigour that, that then extends into, into the springtime. Yep. No, early se- season vigour is always an interesting one, isn't it? It's hard to link it to yield, but nobody ever thinks it's a bad thing. I mean, it's an attractive trait to see yep. crops come through quickly. And interesting, you mentioned straw strength there because we've had such heavy rain that I guess across all the crops, straw strength has been a, an interest. We had fewer growth regulators used on cereals, for example. Actually, I mean, there's a point, Donald. Are, are crops beginning to go flat or do you think they're still standing? No, I crops are shorter. Uh, uh, last year, crops were uh, were definitely short and, and this year's growth is to me been the same um rape is shorter uh, and not 
through the use of uh, growth regulator. It's just the way the season has been. So uh, the, the recent rain, yes, you, you've seen them move over a bit, but uh, they're still standing well, uh, certainly in the borders from what I've seen. It's just another nice to have trait that straw strength you know and the, when the decisions around growth regulators can make it slightly stressful as in this year where we often opted to take them out also drapes are clearly our first choice maybe if i move on to um the winter wheat choices steve and obviously my interests are pretty much around the diseases where we've struggled in previous seasons to manage septoria well and we know we have resistance issues in our azole and sdhi chemistry we have that variability in yellow rust races as well, which obviously they change every year and it's made it a little hard um, to be confident in the yellow rust ratings. But I mean, I think from my point of view, I'm encouraged that we begin to see people selecting varieties of wheat that have better disease profiles and that we begin to see them coming through in trials. But again, there are broader traits that I'm sure you'll get onto. So I mean, again, thinking of the wheat trials you've got, what would you particularly point at? Yeah, I think it's it's a key point with um, with the with the different disease resistances, and um, there's there's nothing um, more, I suppose more disappointing for, for for farmers when when they go through crop trials and they see a candidate or a, or a year one variety and they think it looks a bit dirtier than, than what what they've already got, and so it, it is about that package, or, you know, of having good. Uh, durable resistance to things like septoria and and ideally to, 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 to yellow rust. I think what's encouraging is that particularly in some of the, the group three varieties, there seems to be the, uh, the right direction in terms of having um, some um, improved untreated yields. So I think that's something to, to look out for to support the main um, soft feed uh, varieties that, that we um, use for, um, for grain distilling. Interesting. And Donald, I mean, the experience in the field this year, how have people got on with different varieties? You referenced a few earlier, but any particular issues that have come up? Um, I think from a disease point of view, uh, you know, you touch upon the, the, the rust one and, and, and I haven't heard, uh, you know, if we've had uh, new breakdowns this year yet, uh, but, but that's always a concern. And, and when you hear a colleague saying that uh, they found some yellow rust in skyscraper, uh, you know, that's, you know, it's always slightly concerning that uh, you think, oh, here's a variety that we're thinking is looking really promising. Uh, and, and now somebody's telling me it's got some yellow rust. That might just be, you know, early yellow rust. Uh, and as the plant matures, it, it, its own resistance kicks in. Uh, and and it's, it doesn't develop into an issue, and, and you know that, certainly that's why I'm hoping for uh, for for skyscraper because you know there's quite quite a lot of it in. What, what I I was interested to hear, you know, I've got a few growers who are growing X days this year, and 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 that's clearly a trade-off between um, disease resistance with its uh, remarkably high septoria rating of eight, um, and 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 yield. Uh, because you know it's it's five percent behind, um, you know the, the the top ones, um, and and it goes back to your point you made at the beginning. You know our growers starting to look for uh, better agronomic features, and uh, and and I think they are something we did. I did see in the spring this year um, was the way that some varieties 
um, suffered from weather stress. You know, we had a very cold spell. I can't quite remember when it was. I suspect it was in April. And uh, some crops just turned yellow on the back of it. And you would have thought it had been the sprayer had been in and uh, 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 and scorched the crop uh, or dewaxed it a bit. But, you know, the sprayer hadn't been anywhere near the field. And uh, so, so we did see a lot of stress uh, in crops. And I, I can't put it down to a particular variety. You know, I, I do remember it was a couple of years ago, barrel seemed to, you know, take an awful uh, stress reaction in the spring. And you thought it was yellow rust and you went in and looked at it. It wasn't. Um, I certainly did see it in Sundance, the, uh, this cold spell. And, and of course, you know, Aussie Drake didn't know if it was coming or going this uh, spring with the way the weather uh, seesawed and uh, uh, the heads went over. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, every season brings something different. The sort of unpredictable nature of disease between seasons makes, you know, the inclusion of disease resistance just that added attraction where growers can begin to reduce inputs with confidence. And I think this year, you know, there was a lot of discussion about the very dry spring and the very low visible disease levels, but a certain nervousness to reduce or take out sprays. Um, some people did take out the, the T1 sprays. I don't know if you have any that fall in that basket, Donald, and any experience of how they got on. But the worry, of course, that it's now switched back to very wet weather if mm -hmm. crops are unprotected and don't carry good resistance. From a wheat point of view, no. I'm not aware of anybody uh, uh, who had their brave pants on to do uh, such a bold move. But plenty of people didn't do a T0. Uh, based on the fact that they had a variety with a good rust score rating and the fact that, you know, the weather conditions at the time. So so there is a bit of that. And I think, you know, most folk would be happy that they they stuck with the, the, the normal uh, uh, one, two, three, where the, the window of, of uh, timing and coming back in with the next spray got stretched. At least they had the reassurance that they had a variety that was a bit more robust. Yeah. And maybe just to touch on eye spots, Steve, I mean, clearly we've made good strides in terms of other resistances, but, you know, eye spot remains a particular problem in Scotland. Um, it's common in our um, rotations and many of the current varieties are relatively weak for that. Am I right? That, that's, that's perfectly correct. Yeah, among, among all, the, all the diseases, it is the one where there's the, the, there's least variation uh, in terms of resistance among the varieties, and it's all poor. Uh, so we, so we've got a sprinkling of fours and fives in terms. So so there it's something that um, you know perhaps does um, focus our mind in terms of this, the seasons planning. You know that we need to take that into account, um, and then perhaps then uh, think of variation in the other resistances where, where we might tweak things a bit more and Donald mentioned next days for example sort of potential value if we go in that direction with with a combination of um of, of good resistances but uh, but that variety in itself is is poor for, for, for ice spot no and it's maybe worth then referencing the you know issues around sowing dates so again obviously in scotland we take our drilling opportunities where we can but just being aware that the first drilled fields might be more at risk of of eye spot and you know take all being a feature there too which probably leads me on to just pointing out the importance of 
I mean, we can still um, treat for uh, seed treat for take all, but we need to um, think about the seed testing as well. So knowing the health of the, of the seed that you're buying, certified seed obviously comes with um, guaranteed minimum uh, seed borne levels. Um, and thinking about seed treatments as well. So that's a decision to be making around the time that you're thinking of your variety choices too. So if I maybe move on, obviously barley's our, our major crop. We're, you know, thinking of winter barley um, in particular as being the, the next crop up. I mean, how has it fared this year, Donald? And what's your wish list of traits in the new varieties coming through? Well, uh, it, there's been a massive uh, turnaround in uh, the potential in winter barley this year. Last year, uh, the weather was just too dry um, and uh, winter barley suffered really badly in the borders. Um, I think some growers had their worst ever year. Uh, you know, I just don't think the, the nitrogen got in, the roots didn't get down uh, to tap into that moisture. So looking a lot, lot better than last year. Um, so... Uh, you know, I'm not saying bumper, but, uh, you know, I think they will be looking forward to certainly achieving average uh, kind of yields. Again, slow to get going uh, in the spring, uh, as all crops were. Um, looked looked very clean, you know, not the disease uh, really apparent, uh, but, but then wrinkle did come in, you know, as, as the plant uh, developed. It's obviously just been kind of waiting there to take off. Um, not a lot of mildew, so I would have said wrinkle. And, and just laterally, uh, ramularia, you can see uh, as crops are starting to turn now, you know, you can see the, uh, the, there's a bit of ramularia in them, but uh, it, it's, it's come in too late to um, uh, impact on yield. That's interesting because it was really hard to call how much ramularia we might see this year. We suspected the dry spring might reduce the risk, but then the sort of excessive um, rain we've had recently is one of the one of the risk factors so yeah let's we'll need to still time to see how that develops in in crops mm -hmm. steve thinking of the the winter barley crops i mean what's new and up and coming in in trials or again any of the conventional that we can stick with yeah in terms of the 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 two row feed crops there's actually some quite exciting developments in terms of new entries to, to the list so at the moment i think we're uh, reflecting on what donald was saying we we, we can think of the, the the current um sort of benchmarks for yield will be lg mountain and then thinking of a more complete agronomic package we've got valerie you know with, with some good um grain and agronomic features but behind them we, we've got three quite exciting new new, new varieties including KWS TARDIS, that um, bear in mind what Donald's just said about disease resistance, it's got a seven rating for Renko. So that's, um, that's, that's really quite a positive um, development there. And so, so KWS TARDIS, along with Bolton and Bordeaux, have, have got that yield level uh, up at the, the LG Mountain level so that's that looks quite um quite exciting for um for, for growers in this region and all all new all the new varieties seem to do well across soils including the heavier textured soils that's nice to see new um coming through and certainly in the fungicide trials that we've had this year we've seen quite high levels of rincosporium really surprisingly high given you know the the dry spring Mm -hmm. um, so again, it's encouraging to see disease resistance traits 
um, starting to come through and, and being promoted in trials. Um, for the spring barley crop, again, it, it's probably been impacted by the very dry spring Donald um, and it has a much shorter growing season. So uh, any kind of final thoughts on, on its potential and, you know, again, the traits we're obviously a long way off making our spring barley choices in the spring next year, but anything to learn from this season? Yeah, I think spring barley maybe is the crop that looks most variable. If, if folk were late in getting uh, on the ground, um, uh, late cloud perhaps on heavy ground and a bit of a chuck seedbed, uh, there was secondary germination. Uh, in those fields and, so, and some of the patches in those fields still haven't um, uh, filled out. Uh, so there is a bit more variability, I think, in the spring barleys. Having said that, um, you know, I think in general they are, they are looking good across the area. It's massively dominated now by Laureate. You know, it's, it's, we're a big malting uh, growing area in terms of, of the spring barleys. Uh, a bit of um, Diablo definitely starting to make an appearance as well. But something uh, you know is interesting is that the feed growers um, who had moved away from some of the feed varieties that you know they had stuck with for quite a long time and gone into things like Planet because of its high yield, some of them are now growing the malting varieties, you know Laureate and Diablo, uh, because. They're, they're giving them the yield, the straw that, 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 they're, that they're after. But uh, they've also got a chance of getting it away for malting, you know, because you know, these guys generally don't have dryers. Uh, and so we're not seeing uh, many out-and-out -out, uh, feed varieties growing in, in the way that we used to. You know, Scholar is still there for a high-risk uh, exposure. But, uh, yeah, the, the, that's, an, that's an interesting move. And, and just while I'm thinking about it, um, I think I think straw, while straw is 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 going to be you know fairly reasonable, I think across the board in, in crops, I think the, the way the weather went in the spring, we lost tillers or or or, or plants didn't tiller, depending on uh, whether the winter or spring, and and so while it gives the appearance, I think there's a lot of straw there. Crops are shorter, and I don't think there's the you know tiller numbers in there, so the bulk of straw might not be quite what people are expecting. Interesting. And how is that broadly similar in the trials, Steve? How are they looking, the spring barley trials this summer? Yes, certainly in one of our more local trials, the one in East Lothian, for example, the, the crops come, coming through the, the, the spring and towards the look, look quite short. And so um, they they had quite a lot of catching up to do th through the growth stages as, as we went through May and, uh, and into June. But so I expect that we will be compromised a bit on the on the bulk the bulk of straw this this year. So that that'd be a bit disappointing. But um, yield wise, um, there's still a lot of potential in the crop. So um, with the with the uh, the rise of varieties like Laureate, for example, so what by Dab, Diablo and Sassy, you know, I think we we could still get a, a decent sized crop this year that's available for the, for, for the malting sector. I expect it's it's the bulk of straw that's going to be slightly compromised, if anything. And anything else particularly of note that we can watch for in new varieties or 
Yeah, well, Donald mentioned some of the, some of them, sort of the main ones. But I think for for next year, certainly it would be good if we can get a, a stronger feel for the, the new choices such as uh, Sy Tungsten and Firefox. So certainly, um, Tungsten looks as though it could suit that dual purpose laureate and Diablo type type of role, and and then Firefox for for malt distilling use. So they, these look very very interesting varieties and at the, at the moment are, are holding on well to the, um, the, the highest or Diablo uh, level yield. So we'll, we'll advise once we get results coming in and quality information coming in. So, so if the, um, the, the, the intake that does accept um, a bit of diversity, then I certainly that's going to be beneficial for growers. Let's hope for that. Yeah. Um, and from my point of view, thinking of the diseases, I mean, this was another year where we know that the spring barley crop doesn't respond in addition to, you know, if you do a T1 and a T2, um, you don't get much more yield than you would from just doing a T2 unless you get that early disease in. So the potential, we know in many scenarios where we could take out a T1 in the spring barley crop, but again, that risk that if it's a variety that's weak for disease, um, something like Rhincosporium creeps in. So it's just another way where it's very reassuring to have the higher rated varieties of spring barley um, that then do really well in our fungicide trials where we reduce the inputs or take out the T1 and just manage the late season Ramularia. So again, it's it's encouraging to see you know that type of trait coming through. I mean, I'm always interested, Steve, where we have quite a lot that sit around the fives and sixes. Do you think that's kind of high enough in terms of disease resistance to be helpful? Certainly better than a three or a... Yeah, I think um, certainly Rhincosporum in, in, in barley and Septoria in wheat, generally there, there, is, there is some value, you know, in having a, a point up, you know, a point improvement, you know, between a, you know, a five and six and hopefully towards a seven. And perhaps other diseases less so. So I think there there is a bit of scope there for for picking, um, say, a six over over a four in um, in spring barley. Yeah, in for Rinko. Yeah, yeah. So I think that still still has some meaning, some some value. No, and I suppose it's like any useful tool. We don't need to over rely on it. It's helpful yeah. to have some varietal resistance, but you still look at the weather uh, and the crop rotation and the other risk factors to you know, decide how low you can go with, with fungicide inputs. Now, that's been a really useful roundup. I mean, variety choice is such a, a very key decision. And, you know, I do think it's encouraging that we're thinking in a sort of broader systems-based way and people are picking, um, you know, more resilient traits, which can help de-risk the crop. We have no doubt that next season will be another season of some kind of weather extreme we just don't know what it's going to be yet so a good roundup of the characteristics there so thank you both uh, and thank you everyone for joining this cropcast the next cropcast will be on blight management in potatoes where i'll be joined with uh, ruri bain thank you again for joining us today